Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for each one who is here. Lord, I just pray as we gather together this morning that it would not be in vain, that we would spend time with you this morning, that we would hear from you, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, and most importantly, that we would obey. Lord, I just pray for your word to be clear. I pray as we sing that we would praise your name, that we could see you glorified and lifted up, and that you would change the way we live tomorrow and the next day, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please remain standing for the next song. He and Miss Julia are at Community Baptist in Riverhead this morning. They are holding the annual business meeting for the Community Baptist Church. And um, they're working with some of the restructuring there. So um, he sends us thanks to be able to be away at, um, on a Sunday morning and be there to help that church as they are um, getting reestablished and uh, reaffirmed. Please continue to pray for community that they would be able to find a full-time pastor there as they um, seek to stay open, to stay continuing in the work God has for the Community Baptist Church there. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 44. Once again, it is an honor and privilege to stand in the pulpit and to preach God's Word. And I pray that the Lord would work this morning. Page, uh, Matt, page Matthew chapter 13, verse number 44. Let's begin reading. We're going to read down through verse number 50. The Bible says... Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea, and gathered of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew to shore, and sat down, and gathered the good into vessels, but but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, And they shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you. And Lord, we just ask for you to work this morning. We cannot do it in our own strength. I just pray that as I preach your word, that you would help me to communicate your word, not my ideas. I pray as people listen, that you would speak to their hearts, Lord, and that they would listen and obey your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're doing a series in the children's church downstairs this year. We're going through the parables of Jesus. And so this is actually, we um, upgrade a little bit, but when we're downstairs with the children, we are teaching and we are preaching to the kids. We want them to know it is just as important for a child to get God's Word as it is for an adult to get God's Word. The answer, no matter what your age is, no matter your generation, is for you to understand and follow the Word of God. It has been said... That one man's trash is another man's treasure. Isn't that true? One man's trash is another man's treasure. Why else do we go shopping at thrift stores? Okay? Your goal of going to a thrift store is to find someone else's trash and make it your treasure. Okay, I'm not making fun of that. I've gone to thrift stores. I've found some amazing deals. i found some um, brand new Brooks Brothers shirts at a thrift store for $8. Which, if... 
okay, that's an amazing deal. That is, uh, really, if you can find something like that, you would say, hey, that was a treasure of a find. That was a great find. That you found someone else said, that doesn't fit me right. I don't like that. I don't like the color. Just send it to the thrift store, and you can find sometimes treasures from someone else's trash. But, see, the reason why we enjoy that so much is we all like the idea of finding a treasure. From when we were little kids, how many went on treasure hunts? Your, um, you, your parents hid something or you hid something or um, you played pirate and you had your map where you hid your, hid your pretend treasure, whatever it was. Now we're adults. We live in New York City. Maybe it's finding money on the street. Walking down the street. How many just walking down the street and sure you see pennies, you see nickels. I remember one time it was night and I was on my bicycle going about 20 miles an hour down Dittmar's Boulevard on my bicycle, and all of a sudden I see dollar bills flapping in the wind on the street. I'm like, what? I do a um, spin out on my bike, you know, skid, do fishtails, whatever, stop on my bike, I look around. There's nobody else picking. I found $13 laying in the middle of Dittmar's Boulevard. Hey, I found a treasure in the middle of the street. We all like the idea of finding that treasure, maybe it's at the thrift store, or maybe it's this one. The kids really like this illustration. It's finding the last piece of cake in the refrigerator. Everyone else has been, and you're looking, and you find that last piece of cake in the refrigerator, and you are going bananas. You have found a treasure. We love, all love to find something of value. We all love to find something of value. There's nothing right, wrong with finding a good deal. We try to find something valuable and we don't pay as much for it. But that's not necessarily the type of treasure being talked about here. The treasure being talked about is so much more valuable. And it isn't you're finding a good deal. It's that this treasure costs everything. If you're going to obtain that treasure, it's not going to be I'm going to the thrift store and seeking for what I want and going through and, oh, I like that. This is talking about a spiritual treasure. The problem is that many of our treasures are only valuable for the here and now. They have no lasting impact on eternity. Now, I've, I doubt anyone in this room would say, yeah, my treasure that I found at the, that good deal I found at the thrift store is as valuable as eternity. But we're trying to get the idea that there's, there's some, there's things that are valuable that we should be seeking for. And we must allow God's word to set the value of things in this world. What is valuable and what is not? Where are we going to set our affection? The Bible says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And in this passage, Jesus is teaching on the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. Well, if we're going to understand what Jesus is saying here, if we're going to understand what we are to know, if we're going to understand what God is trying to teach to the people in that day as well as today, the first thing we would need to know is what is the kingdom of heaven? What is, okay, he says the kingdom of heaven is like. So he's explaining what the kingdom of heaven is like. But what is the kingdom of heaven? Well, let's just break it down. Now, there's a lot of people who get confused. In your Bible, there's a term, the kingdom of God. There's a term, the kingdom of heaven. And so, that's two different things, this, this, okay? In the New Testament, 
it's used interchangeably. In the book of Luke, when it's talking about a parallel passage, when it's, quote, when it's Luke's um, version of this same passage, it uses the kingdom of God. Here it says the kingdom of heaven, it's the same thing. Okay, when it's talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, it's talking about the same thing. Okay, just, just for clarity's sake on that. The king, a kingdom is a realm. It's a place where a king rules over. Duh. Okay, we're going real complicated here right now. But a kingdom, okay, if you're going to have a kingdom, it's going to be a place. There's going to be a ruler over that kingdom. It is a realm of authority. In a kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, we're getting really deep here, it's the place God rules over. Okay? It is the place God has control over. It is the place where God is in authority. It is the place where God is the king and this is his subjects, that he is ruling over this, that his, this is his realm of authority, that this is where he rules. That's the kingdom of heaven. But in the Bible, and we're going to um, um, go through several verses here, the kingdom of heaven is both present in this world and in the world to come. I.e., talking about God's when heaven comes, when God's millennial reign in the new Jerusalem, that's also referred to as the kingdom of heaven. It is the place God rules. But the kingdom of heaven is also a place you must enter. Jesus, John chapter 3, in verse number 3, Jesus said, answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You are not born into God's kingdom. Today, when you are born into this world, you are, you are not born a part of God's kingdom. You are not born a good person. You are born a sinner. Our theme verse for this year, Matthew 18, 3 says, and said, this is Jesus saying, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Except you be converted and become as little children, ye shall not. Not everyone is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You are not born into the kingdom of heaven. And not everyone will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 7.21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. There will be people who went to church all their lives and will not make it into the kingdom of heaven. But he, Jesus said, He that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the place God rules. It is the place of God's authority. When you are saved, you enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, lo, the kingdom of heaven is within you. That when that your life is, comes under the rule and comes under the authority of God when you are saved. And those who are saved are to live for that kingdom. Both here on this earth and for the kingdom to come. That one day, those who are the children of God, those who have entered into the kingdom of heaven, are going to stand before God and answer to God for how they lived, how they followed what God had said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, 
Verse number 33, part of the Sermon on the Mount. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's going to be judgment on who is the greatest and who is the least in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 4 says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the place God rules. If you are going to be saved, you must enter into that kingdom. And once you have entered into that kingdom, you are to live for the king. You are to be under the authority of that king. And you are to live until one day Jesus Christ comes back to this world and you will live under his rule and reign forever. Jesus while he was on this earth, in his earthly ministry, is teaching and preaching. His message was simply this. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what John the Baptist preached. That's what Jesus preached. That's what Jesus' disciples preached. That's what the apostles preached. That's what we preach today. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so Jesus would also teach in parables. He would he would teach... Um, Using stories that were not real. They were made up stories. We're not dealing with real people, with real lives, with a, a real scenario. But it is a story, is an illustration that Jesus used to communicate um, truth about the kingdom of heaven. Many of his parables would start with the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Because, and he was teaching on this because the kingdom of heaven is vital. Those who do not enter the kingdom of heaven have no hope of spending eternity with God. Those who are not part of the kingdom of heaven, the Bible is clear that there's only two alternatives to this life. You either are part of the kingdom of heaven and you are going to spend eternity with God, or you have rejected God and you will spend eternity in hell. That is the facts of life. And that is why Jesus spent so many times saying, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like unto. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Because he was teaching truth to people both for then and for today that we can know what Jesus is saying. And we're going to deal with these three parables. They go in a kind of a unit. And he's teaching truths about the kingdom of heaven, both how you can be a part of it, and number two, how you can live for the kingdom of heaven. He starts verse number 44. Let's read that again. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly. That would be fine, perfect, beautiful pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The problem that man always has, that humans always have, is we have the tendency to place value, to place our affection, to place what we esteem valuable on what is spiritually worthless. We, that's, that's the natural tendency of man. Is we, we say, this is valuable. Um, how you look. 
how you, how you, well, I, I, I do good. I do good. Well, is that what is most valuable? Yes, that, those are good things. But is that what is most important? Valuable or spiritually worthless? In America, back in the 1930s and the 1920s, some people came, with, came up with an ingenious way to sell bubble gum to little boys. They would put picture cards of famous baseball players in with the bubble gum and attempt to get American boys to buy more bubble gum. It worked. They bought bubble gum by the packs. And as little boys, they had stacks of these baseball cards, worthless, kids' trash, sitting in their rooms while they ate the bubble gum. And they enjoyed it and they would trade it with each other. Well, years passed. And these boys went to college, went to World War II, went and lived, began to grow up and live their lives only to return home excited. They had heard, they had read in a newspaper, heard on the radio, somebody just sold that Babe Ruth card for $200. And they go home. They have Five of those cards sitting at home. They have boxes of those cards sitting at home. What was once worthless is now so valuable. They went home. Opened that closet. They had the bank. They could buy a car with everything they had. And while they were away, mom had come into that room. And all that kid's trash... There had been a stack of baseball cards. There had been a stick they had picked up with their friend. There had been a pile of rocks they had put in their slingshot. There had been all their kids' treasures. And mom had come through and said, This is trash. This is trash. This is trash. And seriously, thousands of young men came home and found their entire pile of baseball cards, which had once been worthless, but were now valuable. It had been esteemed, it had been valued as the, by their mother as worthless. This is just kids' trash. This doesn't really matter. Oh, come on. Haven't you grown out of that yet? But isn't it true? We place value on what is spiritually worthless, and oftentimes, what is the most valuable, what we need the most, can be ignored. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. He's saying, The kingdom of heaven, the things of God, they are the most valuable thing. You can find. It's like unto a treasure hid in a field. How did this man, it said, when a man hath found. Okay. Does the Bible tell us how we found him? No. That's not important to the story. The importance of the story is that he found it. I have to imagine a man walking through an overgrown, desolate part of the woods. Uh, part of, he's, he's taking a shortcut. To get to work. He's late. And he bumps a rock. 
something just opens up. And he sees a treasure box. He sees that. What, what every childish imagination has dreamed of seeing. Maybe it was a chest. Maybe it was a canvas bag. Some, a linen bag, something hidden in there. But whatever it was, he, he found it. He's, maybe he was working in that field. He was plowing the ground. He was, he was tilling. He was going about his labors. And as he was going about his labors, it, it doesn't matter how he found it, but here he is. He's going through this field. This field where a treasure is hid. And he finds it. He discovers the treasure. Whatever it, it just says, treasure. Value. Something that is worth. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like unto. He leaves that field with great joy. He covers it up. He says, I'm going to come back for this. This is worth everything. This is the most valuable thing I've ever seen. He leaves with, there's a big old smile on his face. He shows up to work late. What happened to you? Sorry, I'm late. Why are you smiling? I'm not... You know, okay, he is so excited about what he has found, his entire life has changed. The Bible says in verse number 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking those goodly, those perfect pearls. This man is, is a professional. He's a merchant man. He deals, he barters, he trades in pearls. He knows what he's looking for. He's got that jeweler's scope or whatever you want to call it. And he knows how to look at something and see the imperfections that are in it. He, he knows how to evaluate and, and value pearls and say, that one's okay. Pretty good. I mean, it's got this here and this here and this here. He is looking. He is searching. He's, he's combing through the, um, the pearls that are found. When they come in, he's there and he's sorting them and he's, he, he's assaying the value of them. He's looking at them. He's searching for the pearls. And suddenly, as he's, maybe there's a shipment of pearls in and he's, he's combing through it, one falls out on top. He sees it at the bottom and digs through it. Pulls it up. Maybe someone um, sent him a message and said, you need to come see this. I found the pearl. However, he was searching. He was looking. He was seeking after those pearls. And when he had found one pearl of great price, it was the perfect matchless pearl. It was the find of a lifetime. The treasure had been discovered. The treasure, okay, in both of these things, is really the kingdom of heaven. Remember, this is an illustration. This is a story. Jesus is not telling a story about somebody getting rich. He's telling the story about a desire. He's telling the story is showcasing what is being done to obtain this treasure. And the treasure once discovered... Forever changed the man who found it. The most valuable thing in the world, the kingdom of heaven, the most valuable thing they had ever found, when they found it, it forever changed these two men. See, we always have the tendency, we always 
whether we want to or not, naturally what we are going to do is we are going to place value on that which is spiritually worthless. We often do that. Whether through um, seeking to please God on our own or um, seeking to uh, just um, live a good life, whatever it is, we'll make it through. But see, God, He offers the riches of His kingdom. He offers the greatest treasure a man can ever find to anyone willing to give their life to Him. Is the value of the kingdom of heaven demands that you give your life, that you give your all to obtain it. Here's what these, it was the most valuable thing they'd ever seen. The man goes, the man, he finds that treasure in a field. He sees it, he hides it, and he runs home. There's a force, before he can get inside, there's a for sale sign out in front of his home. He sells everything that he has. What was once precious to him was now considered expendable. Once what he wouldn't have parted with for the world. That's my home. That's my, I mean, that's my rocking chair. That's my lazy boy easy chair. That's my flat screen TV. Whatever it is that he has in his home. The Bible says, this is what it says, And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. The treasure's in that field. Now, I don't own the field, so I can't take the treasure out of it because I don't own the field. It doesn't belong to me. So, I'm going to sell everything that I have. It's, he's selling everything he had. Everything that's not nailed down, he's selling. And then he sells the house, too. And he's uh, taking things down. I don't know if his friends, the Bible doesn't say, that's not the important part of it. The important part is this man is willing to sell everything that he has. Everything that was once precious in his life is now expendable. For what reason? To find the greatest treasure, to obscure this greatest treasure, the kingdom of God. This merchant man, He was seeking goodly pearls. And he finds that pearl. The luster of that pearl. And he's looking at it. And he's searching it. There's no imperfections. It was the most valuable thing he had ever seen. He says, this is worth everything. This is worth it all. He tells do not, don't sell this pearl. I'm coming back for this. I'm coming, like, well, I can't hold it. He's like, don't worry. I'll be back. And he goes, and he begins to sell everything he has. And now, he, if he was a merchant man, he, he would have had some form of goods. He would have had, he would have had a house. He would have had, um, um, some form. Cause he, to, in order to trade and to barter, you have to have a means to do that. Yet he was willing to sell everything that he had. He was willing to part with everything that his life had been about. To obtain that one treasure, that one pearl. He was seeking after it. This is what the kingdom of He was seeking after it. He found it and he was not going to stop until he got it. These men were not crazy. They weren't insane. Jesus is teaching us through this story 
that they found what was most valuable and they gave everything to get it. They found what it was worth giving their life for. It was found what, what they found what it was worth to give everything they had. That is what is most valuable. And they put it aside and went after it. Because that which they had found was more valuable than what they had. Than anything that they had. The kingdom of heaven, the things of God, Jesus is teaching us, is worth more than you can possibly um, imagine. It is the most valuable thing that you can find. And if you are going to find it, you have to be willing to part with your life. You have to be willing to part with what you have had and leave that to go after that which is most valuable. To go after that which the greatest treasure is. To possess the things of God, it will cost you Everything that you own. Why would this man... We still have one more parable to cover. And this is going to set the context. This is going to set the necessity of this. Why would this man give up everything he once valued to obtain this treasure? I mean, okay, if he could sell everything he had to purchase this one pearl... Was this pearl that much more valuable than everything he had? Did he obtain that much of a good deal on it? Is that what Jesus... He was sold, sold everything he had so he could get something that was more valuable? Well, yes, it was more valuable. But why would he have to sell everything he had? Why couldn't he save up for it and keep what he had and, um, and, and get what it... Why, what makes this kingdom of heaven thing so valuable? Verse number 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So Jesus has been talking about treasure. He's been talking about a pearl. Suddenly he switches and he's talking about a net Full of smelly fish. Hmm? Okay, right? Okay, we go from pearl, treasure, hidden treasure, to a net that reeks of fish. You ever walk past a fish market? You don't think of the palace of the king when you walk past the fish market. It, it just, you know, you think of, you think of the cooked fish and, you know, the, the fine dining in the palace, okay? But Jesus is putting these together. He is communicating something. He's teaching truth. What is he teaching here? Number three, the kingdom of heaven is coming and time is running out. Okay? The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, and ca- but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. And there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net 
It is open to any who will come. It gathered of every kind. That's what the Bible says. Cast it and gathered of every kind. There, what we talked about in Sunday school, there's no difference no matter your race, no matter your background, no matter where you were born, where you came from, um, what you have done in your life. The kingdom of heaven is cast into the sea and will gather of every kind. Anyone can be a part of the kingdom of heaven. Anyone can possess the things of God. People of every race, every creed are welcome to the kingdom of God. But he's also teaching that when the net was full, it was drew to shore. There is only so much time left. It's talking about the end of the world. That's what Jesus said. So shall it be at the end of the world. That there's an end of the world coming. That there will be a judgment that is complete. And that is final. They drew the net to shore and they sat down and they sorted the catch. They opened that net with fish. And there was good fish and there was bad fish. They gathered the good fish into the vessels to take a market to sell. The bad fish, they said, we can't even use this. And they threw it back. They cast it away. Jesus said, Jesus explains this, this is what we, this is how we know this is what it's talking about. As Jesus explained, it said, so shall it be at the end of the world. Angels shall come and sever the wicked from the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Anytime you see that phrase, wailing and gnashing of teeth or weeping and gnashing of teeth, there's only one place that it's talking about and that is eternal judgment separated from God in hell. That there is coming a final judgment in this world when the good, those who have entered into the kingdom of God, will be separated from those who have not. And there will be a complete, eternal separation. Those who have not entered into the kingdom of God will have one alternative, and that is to be placed in hell. That's what the Bible says. I can't change what the Bible says. That's what God has said. God in His justice has said, I have made a way for you to enter heaven. I have made a way for you to enter the kingdom of heaven. But if you will not enter in there, if you will not believe on who I am, it's going to be eternal and it's going to be complete. Judgment is coming. We don't know when. There's, there's a time element You may not have tomorrow to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You are either part of God's kingdom or you are not. So why should these men have valued this treasure so highly that they sold all that they have to get a hold of it? Why would it be so such the greatest treasure that they could possibly find? Why would they have need to to value it that highly? Because it is the only way to be prepared for eternity. Eternity is coming. And the only way that you are going to be prepared to meet God in judgment and spend eternity with God is if you have made the kingdom of heaven the greatest treasure in your life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven until you repent of your sins and give your life to Jesus Christ. 
There's many people in this city today, maybe in this room, who would value their possessions, maybe their life or their plans over following Jesus. They have yet to discover the greatest treasure they can possibly find. The kingdom of heaven. Eternity is coming. And your only hope of heaven is by becoming as a little child and entering into the kingdom of heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you this morning, are you saved? Are you part of the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven must be valued above all else because it is the only way to be prepared for eternity and to require everything that you have. You have to surrender who you are and give your life to Jesus Christ and He will give you entrance into the kingdom of heaven. If you have been saved today, they have, it's because you have given your life to Jesus Christ. You have given your rags of your former life to Jesus Christ and you have become a child of the King. You have entered into the kingdom of heaven where the King rules. You are now not only just under His authority, you are a child of the King. It is the greatest treasure that you can possibly found. Some may say, Brother Andrew, I've been there. I have been saved. I valued the kingdom of heaven above all else. I've surrendered my life. I've entered in there. At There may be some who have not. Time is running out. Will you enter in? Will, are you willing to place the value on the kingdom of heaven that God places on it? Are you willing to see the treasure that God is offering you the way God sees it? It is the most valuable thing you could possibly find, and it is worth everything. But you must give everything to get it. You must come after Christ and take up your cross and follow Him. But if you are saved today, if you have entered in, Valuing the things of eternity is still the only way to be prepared for eternity. Because as a child of the king, you are going to answer to the king for how you have lived in his kingdom. There's going to come a judgment. There's a judgment for the sinners where they'll be cast into hell. And there's a judgment coming for the Christian where they'll be judged by what they did, how they lived for God. They aren't going to be judged for their sin. They're going to be judged for how um, they were responsible, how they used what God has given them. And valuing the things of the kingdom, valuing that as the greatest treasure and giving your life for it, is still the only way you're going to be prepared for eternity. Is the only way you're going to be prepared to see God. You and I must place value on what God, the King of Kings, places value on. Not our possessions, our plans, or our prestige, or um, what we want to do with our lives. We must place value on what God places value on. So if I'm going to be prepared because eternity is coming, what should I value? What should I be willing to give everything that I have, who I am as a person, to seek after? Well, what does the king value? What does God command us to be part of? To seek after? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God places a value on souls. That He loved the world so much, 
He Himself came. Eternity is coming and time is running out. There are many who have never heard the Gospel. That's why we support missionaries. That's why we go out every week and we pass out tracts. But it's not just that. Do you value souls enough to witness to your co-worker? As you can. Obviously, you can't take your boss's time and stop everything. I know you're paying me to do work here, but i got to stop him. Okay, we, we understand that, but we also understand that you are to... Um, do you value souls enough to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and maybe on your free time talk to that person? I don't want them to think I'm a nut. Well, do you value what the king values? Do you value souls? Do you value souls enough to come out on visitation and help pass out tracts? Or, even as you're in the grocery store, you're thinking, hey, can I just leave you with an invitation to church? You know, some people are going to say, no. Hey, I don't want that. It's a little embarrassing. Okay. Because you can't force them to take it. I've had people tell me, no, I don't believe in church. Well, I'm trying to, you know, just say, hey, can I leave this with you, an invitation to church? But you know what? You should still try. You should still try to leave the gospel. Why? Because we need to place value on what the king places value on. The king places value on his church. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. If you're saved today, the king places value on his church. Do you value what the king values enough to change your schedule as you can? Obviously, some people's work schedules, etc. does not always um, work. But do you, do you value it enough to, miss, to maybe wake up a little bit earlier to be here for Sunday school? Or to um, miss a little bit of sleep? Or to um, change your schedule? Maybe not get that overtime so you could be at church? Or do you, um, when you are at church... Are you here because you have to be? Or are you here because this is what the king loves? And this is what I love. Because I value what the king values. And as I seek to serve the Lord, I'm going to love what God loves. Do you participate with joy where God has placed you in the church? Are you willing to serve wherever God placed you? Whether that's in the nursery. I'm just listing some things. In the nursery or greeter. Or in the congregational singing. Just being in your place and singing out. To the Lord and valuing what God values. God loves to hear His people sing. God listens as we sing. Do you value that? Or at the invitation? Do you come forward and worship the Lord? See, we always have the tendency to place value not necessarily on what the king places value. The Bible says, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man, seeking goodly pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and bought it. The kingdom of heaven must be valued above all else, because it is the only way to be prepared for eternity. Judgment is coming. Number one, are you saved? Have you entered into the kingdom of God? 
God is offering it to you today through His Word. He's saying, if you will come and give yourself to Me, you will find the greatest treasure you can possibly find. I will make you a child of the King. The Kingdom of Heaven will be within you. Have you found the treasure of the Kingdom of Heaven? And if you are saved this morning, are you preparing for an eternity with God? Are you valuing what the king values it is the greater greatest treasure you will ever find and it is worth any sacrifice because the king is saying eternity is coming are you going to be ready to meet god and to be with god do we need to do business this morning do we need to come and ask god to help us value what he values. Do we need to come and someone may need to come and say, God, I've never entered into your kingdom. I've been seeking my own treasures. I've been going my own way. But I need to give that all up to go after what you are offering. The kingdom of heaven. Let's do business with God this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this morning and Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for how good You are that You offer to anyone who is willing to believe entrance into the Kingdom of Heaven. Lord, I pray that we could lay aside what we see and see the value as You see it and value what You value, Lord. Pray that You would work in hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. As we stand together, if you need to come forward and pray at the altar this morning, if you need to be saved, Lift your hand. Look at me as you come down the aisle. We will have someone deal with you and open the Word of God and show you how you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let's do business with God this morning as we sing.